Hello and welcome to the BG Podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group. We have with us returning guests, and I believe our longest, uh, our, our most recurring elected official, Mayor <laughs> Pro Tim, Natasha Harper-Madison of District 1. Welcome exactly. back to the show, Mayor Pro Tim. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. I'm glad to, to be uh, earning some titles over here. I, I mean, it's, it's well well deserved, and you, I want to get to, we'll get to towards in the show, uh, some of the things your office has been doing on the digital outreach has been very significant and substantive. Um, before that, though, I want to just want to address, uh, you know, topic is I'm recording this on March 18th. And for those uh, from watching the news, the, the week uh, really started off with, um, you know, just some 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 tra- tragedy rather out of, uh, of Georgia, uh, several racially, racially motivated deaths uh, of Asian women. Um, and this is something we've been, you know, overall seeing as a country arise in since the start of the pandemic, probably things were going before that with uh, violence against uh, Asian American population. And I know, Mayor Pro Tem, um, you know, there's there, you know, you have constituents of, of Asian American Pacific Islander descent, and mm-hmm. I just wanted to let you, you know, talk about that a little bit and just, um, you know, again, and it was it's a tragedy overall. And we, and we know there there are issues in Austin as well. Not issues, there are violent and racially motivated occurrences happening in Austin as well. Right. Yeah, Austin's unique in a lot of ways, but not in that one, right? You know, it's uh, it's something that we're looking at across the nation, and it's unfortunate, and I appreciate that you called it a tragedy, because that's what it is, right? Um, when uh, you can't guarantee that you'll go home at the end of your day for no other reason, what you look like, where you come from, um, and that just, it's a humanitarian tragedy. And so, yeah, the District 1, we have the great honor of having a substantial amount of our Asian American community. We also get the distinct honor of housing the Asian American Resource Center, which is really a pillar in the community. Um, so yeah, my, my heart definitely goes out to, to the families of those lost and um, I'm standing up fortified in solidarity with the Asian American community. As we are, we all. Well, I wanna to get to you know, our, our main topic. We're talking about, this is something that came up at council, I believe earlier early this month, but it was, a resolution item, item 67 that was passed unanimously um, something that you led on on the dais. I know there were several of the stakeholders in the community involved with it, um, but you were the main, you know, the main sponsor of this uh, from the, uh, on the council side. And this was, I mean, there were a few things that were part of this resolution, but the most significant was an overall formal, formal apology um, from Austin related to the 1928 master plan. And, and, and we'll get to what that is, but overall apologizing for perpetuation of racist policies um, that have you know contributed to where I mean even where Austin is today as a city, right? And yes. I wanted to go ahead. Oh no, I'm sorry. I was just agreeing with you. I was trying to skip the the formal breakdown of it, but you know um, we'll put articles this this in the show notes. But I wanted if you could just give some of the the background and impetus for this. We can start with the 1928 master plan, and for those who aren't familiar with that and aren't uh, council watchers, um, you know, or new or who are new, or new to Austin, what that is. What that was, sure. you know. Honestly, though, I think we might have to start just a little bit earlier. You know, okay. I, those folks new to Austin really unfamiliar with our history don't recognize that. You know, we were in fact a slave trading town on the Colorado. You know, and and it starts there, and then you know we venture into Jim Crow territory, um, and the 1928 Master Plan was uh, a development tool essentially that decided where you know who should live where. Think about it like zoning. Mm-hmm. However, this segregationist zoning dictated that 
um, people of African-American descent needed to live in a particular part of town that happened to be what is known today as East Austin. Um, and you know, some of the motivation uh, for doing so willingly was the threat of not receiving access to city services. Mm. So water, school, what you see. Recovery. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And so uh, that's, I think the, this resolution is deeply rooted in that because it's the most recognizable sort of starting point for the implications, the cyclical implications of that kind of segregation and, you know, city sanctioned racism. Yeah. And along with that, there, I mean, there, so they have the apology, but then I think the most, I, one of the most actual items coming out of that besides the apology is this creation of a black embassy. Mm-hmm. Right? And what, I mean, the, the resolution describes a little bit, but you know, was that modeled off, off of, uh, you know, uh, centers or embassies you've seen in other cities or the markets? You know, I haven't seen it in any other market. I think Austin in a lot of ways is doing some really cool work, um, reconciliation work. And I think this is going to be another opportunity for us to build the template for other cities to follow. Nobody else is doing it from what I could find. Um, so I think it may just be the first of its kind. Yeah. And I know this, I mean, all this too, I'd like want to bring a point of uh, something I was, I was made aware of a few years ago, but just that in terms of, you know, cities of our, of our size or metros of our size, Austin stands apart <laughs> amongst everything else and being the only one that's losing this black population. Right. Right. And that was, uh, we'll put that in the show notes, but it's a report from uh, Dr. Eric Tang, a professor of African, African and African sport diaspora studies at UT. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, it, you know, that was put out, I think in, 2014, 2016. I don't think those numbers have changed too much, but just, I mean, there, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, I think there's a lot of things about Austin, you know, and every snow city is perfect, right? But I think these kind of things, um, you know, and you're, both of us grew up in Austin and I hear, I've heard so much growing up and even now, you know, like Austin's not the South or Austin's in like Texas, mm-hmm. right? And all the I mean, things you, you know very well as well. Like, and I have family group from this like, quote, quote, South South, um, mm-hmm. as many of us may do or probably do. Um, but I think it's, you know, just as a, you know, African-American, a black Austinite, these things are important because it really brings up, it brings, it brings up conversations that, um, that I think it's not that they're, they're intentionally buried over in Austin, but that it's not really addressed because of all the, you know, quote unquote, good news is happening in the city. Mm-hmm. I know that's something that you bring up a lot on the dais, um, you know, as, 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 well, as for your constituents, but also you are, you know, for those who aren't familiar, the, the only African-American on the dais right. currently as well. And so that just brings you know, us- I mean, We can't gloss over the fact that that's another one of those vestiges of where we come from, you know, that the gentleman's agreement that determined- Let's talk about that. I, that was something too, that's something too, that's very interesting. Um, you know, when I do presentations just on, you know, the state of the city and, and, and laying learning some history, I talk about, um, you know, the gentleman's agreement that that was carried on. I mean, through the fifties, through up until the the ten one council was formed mm-hmm. in twenty fourteen, mm-hmm. right? And for those who are familiar, you can, I'll let you speak to that. But for those who are familiar with the gentlemen's agreement, what was that, Mayor Pro Tem? The gentlemen's agreement essentially dictated, you know, that we would, out of an act of benevolence and consideration, always have a spot on this ten member council. Uh, at the time, it was an at large council, so you know, this ten ten system is, is what we'd have now. But always have a spot on the council for one person of, of African descent and one Latino. And so um, that's that's how we've always operated, you know, from, from a certain point to, I mean, frankly, to today, I'm still the only African-American 
on the council, um, although we do you know, have the honor of having three Latinos on the council, uh, we've never had more than one. Mm -hmm. I know, I mean, I've just, in the course of, from the time 10-1 was, was uh, our new council, our council for government, 10-1 being 10 council members and districts and one mayor, um, there've been several other, definitely have been, it wasn't from lack of trying, different folks who, who have run in different districts uh, outside of District 1 um, who are African-American, and I'm sure there will be some in the future. And But I agree, I think, you know, first as a, as a, as a benchmark or kind of a hurdle for this city and not advocating for one person or another who may, who may come up in the future, it's just something that, I mean, we all see, right? I mean, we can, I mean, I know it, we all see it. I've, you know, and it's something that I talk about by, you know, my black friends. It's just, it's who, who don't live in district one, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's just, you know, like my family and I, I didn't grow up there. My family, family lives in D8. I grew up in now D, was D5 and, mm -hmm. It's it's almost it's like that. Uh, I'm trying to put the right make this the right word. It's that not funny, haha. But it's like I could be qualified and everything else. But like, can I really win? Right? right. Like, can I really? I mean, like, like you know, if I say AJ Bingham wasn't a lobbyist, and I'm not saying I'm going to run at any point, but you know, I have all the things. I have all the things I think. But could I could I win? Right. Right. And, and that's something you definitely have to actively think about. Be, be intentional about it. So you're leading me in a whole nother direction because I have some questions and concerns about why a person would need to raise six figures to run for municipal office. Mm -hmm. um, personally, it seems decadent and completely unnecessary, but that's where we are. So mm -hmm. that to say, can you raise enough money? Do you have enough influence? You know, do, do your spheres cross over enough into white adjacency? Frankly, let's be honest. Um, that, <laughs> very well, very well said. Yes, that white people will vote for you. Um, and and you know, can you win? You know, are you viable as a candidate? And that's something you legitimately have to think about. And when we're when we're talking about Austin, and you know, I think the original you know idea was that we talk about resolution number sixty-seven, which directly speaks to racism and racism in systems. And um, I think we're still that Austin that hadn't quite transcended our past yet. And I I think it would be difficult, um, which is unfortunate. I appreciate that you laid out anecdotally your experience with living in various parts of Austin, because the truth of the matter is, because I am a black woman shouldn't inherently mean that I only represent black issues. Mm -hmm. And so that being the assumption that, you know, a black person in D3 or four or nine can't very much represent everybody's issues, although they do have the distinct, you know, privilege of having the black experience. Do you understand what I'm saying? I do. I mean, I do. I mean, I think we both, they're a part, the black experience, I think the getting off subject about that, but the black experience to me is the fact that I can live in, I mean, I can, I can, I can to a degree understand what it's like to be a black Brit, Britain, right. Or a black Brazilian, right. There are certain things that I think, you know, you, you understand those shoes of someone who has you know, your, your features. Right. Right. And, and I agree. I, I think it's, again, it's a mint. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much that's on the black community as it's, it's more on different voters outside to want to do it. And I think that's been, you know, that the time, you know, it's kind of the votes, the votes, right. So it's not right. like there's, these aren't these are objective things like someone runs and then they don't they don't fare well and why is that and could be lots of reasons right. you know could be a lot of things but there's one there's one of those things where we have objective numbers to see who turned out what happened how much money they raised and so on right right and I know you know just I know there are some folks in this uh, next few cycles that at least we've spoke to as a firm um, that are interested in so 
and you know, and they're definitely they're you know not in your district, <laughs> everywhere, everywhere else, but yeah, some other some other areas that I think will be very interesting to see um, the packaging they bring to the table. Um, because you know, I think just objectively, they have you know they have all the all the things that would I think would package them well from the fundraising side and the you know the outreach side and everything else. But again, you know, the tail of the tape is is the boats. Right. <laughs> So we shall see. I want to, I want to get back real quick to the, to the black embassy. So that would be located in district, I mean, in district one. Correct. Correct. And right now, so for those who are familiar, how resolutions work, what are, or is, uh, it's, they make their statements. Um, they also can have actions that they're directing, uh, city staff to do. So the creation of the black embassy was a charge given to city manager Spencer Crunk's to city manager Spencer Crunk and his team. Mm-hmm. And there are, you know, right now it's in, I guess we'll be in the study phase, Right. right. And was there, I didn't see a time a timeline for when that would come back, but just for your, for your desires, when would you like to see some reports back at least initially on this? Well, so, I mean, we, there is explicitly it asked for it to come back on August 1st. Okay. Um, right. and, and that specific ask is, you know, the analysis and report um, requested by the entirety of the resolution, especially the be it resolved clauses. That to say, I think we are going to experience some delays um, I'm hesitant to say unprecedented, but unprecedented delays as a result of this most recent storm. Um, there were a lot of systems that got, you know, sort of knocked off kilter. And so getting recalibrated, getting everybody on track, I suspect August 1st isn't going to shake out. My hope very much, though, is we get it this fall. Gotcha. Well, switching gears too, to talk about uh, Winter Storm Yuri, um, just What's been going on in the district? I know, you know, we're the city seems overall to be getting back on its feet. I know there there are still pockets of of the, of uh, recovery and relief still going on, but what's going on in District One? Well, you know, I, I think in large part we are at that recovery part. You know, it's it's not disaster relief anymore. It's not stabilization. We are recovering in large part. Um, we do have some District One single family homes and multifamilies that are struggling. You know, I have one uh, in the heart of Central East Austin that's been without natural gas since the 20th of February. Um, And, you know, it's that perfect combination of disasters occurred, right? It's a income restricted housing complex that's 50 years old, which means what it means for infrastructure and upkeep. Um, And then you know, the storm hits and it, it literally, you know, was the, it cracked that infrastructure. And so uh, what's probably been taped together for 20 years is finally failed. And so, you know, it's a 12 acre property. It takes a lot. You have to pour a lot of resources into getting that repaired. And so the implications there though are, there are a hundred units uh, with folks living in them, families living in them that haven't had natural gas since the 20th. So you know, we have some good news and we have some pretty dismal news as well. Mm-hmm. And now we'll, so we'll be ongoing. And right related to that too, you, um, you've, uh, you have several channels of outreach for uh, constituents in the city. I know you were, you know, you're doing, putting out, putting a lot of content around just where people can go for relief recovery. Um, do you want to plug any of your, I mean, just initiatives or programs you have going on outside of, uh, outside of, uh, the winter storm recovery or any, any uh, topics on the horizon that uh, your, your office is looking to take up? Absolutely. I mean, almost like always, you know, housing is, is my number one. It's the one I'm going to scream the most about. We are in a critical, critical housing shortage, 
And so housing, 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 um, we are gonna be bringing forward some items that talk about sort of regional development um, and how to get comprehensive community-driven, amenities-driven, considerate you know, development in our communities. And so, uh, but mostly housing. Uh, and so you'll be hearing me talk a lot about housing and its relationship to transit and mobility, but housing, housing, and more housing. Got it. And um, and you have a you have a your own podcast or or video cast podcast as well. Uh, do you want to talk about that? Mm-hmm, sure. We have talk with Tasha. We do it. It's a biweekly live stream. Uh, we've got some criticism for only doing it on Facebook, but you know I'm mid forties, y'all. I'm gonna have to find another way. <laughs> If there's another way that people prefer, so we're looking into it, but for now we stream to, to Facebook um, every other Friday and we just have people on to talk about, you know, the topics of the day, you know, issues that they're working on, issues that we're working on, things that could use a little bit more in the way of context, you know, so having subject matter experts on, members of the community, artists and creatives and uh, union folks. And, you know, we have some, some people that come in from around the country to talk about, you know, issues that are, similar to ours or municipalities that are adjacent to ours and how different we are, frankly, and how we affect one another. Um, so we, we really do, you know, we have had the opportunity to have our constituents tell us how important it is that we put information out, you know, and I think it really clicked for me when somebody said, I really look forward to your newsletter. That's when it really clicked for me, you know, because we, we do take a lot of time and effort to curate the content we put out. And, you know, the goal is to not just put something else in your inbox. You know, we don't want to spam you. We want to give you resources and information. And recognizing that people really appreciate that was really the, the impetus for us making sure to double down when information was more important than ever. Got it. We'll put, we'll put links to those in the show notes. Well, Mayor Pro Tem, I want to thank you for your time and let you get back to your important work for the district and the city. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on again. Always. Talk to you later. Oh, wait, wait, let me look up. So, you know, speaking of all this work around, you know, reconciliation, you know, it makes me think about some of the work that they did. Um, uh, I believe it was Alberta Phillips that brought up truth and reconciliation mm-hmm. work, that, you know, that we, that was done in South Africa. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to us taking advantage of the two, some of the two of the newest offices we have the equity office. And now, you know, Carol Johnson just arrived in town. She's officially here. And so now we also have um, the civil rights office and really looking forward to seeing how those help move forward our goals. Very good. Well, thank you, Mayor Pro Tem, thank you for your time. And I'll get back to work with the district and the council. All right, talk to you later.